You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. I think the simpler way to say it, the non-churchy way, would just be to say, is my life making a difference? And if you go through that lens, I think it's kind of easy to say, you know, when I show up at that place of employment, am I making a difference? And, And if you are, then you're producing fruit. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. We are continuing our series through Mark, and you can call us a moving company because we got a lot to unpack with you today. And I'm joined with two friends. First, we have Paulina De La Fuente. Paulina, thanks for being here. Glad to be here. And we're joined by the doctor, the one and only Sean Stover. Thanks for being here, Sean. Love it. I love to unpack too, so. Oh, good. You're in the right place. <laughs> I don't like to unpack. So, but unpacking. <laughs> better that's, what that's what we're here for. Okay, well, love to give you the first word as you were looking at these two chapters in Mark. Kind of what were your thoughts as you were preparing for this? And you shared a lot of great insight. But before we get there, kind of high level, what were some things that maybe stood out to you or just your thought process as you even eliminated? That's one of the things I like about this series is there's only so much you can cover. Mm-hmm. So what was kind of the thoughts behind what you covered and what you didn't cover? It's been fun to go through Mark and to see how different uh, teachers have actually unpacked mm-hmm. in different ways the couple of chapters that they were, were called upon to to talk about and and so for me you know there earlier in the summer I got to teach on uh, some of the earlier chapters and there was a parable that I really wanted to kind of dive into and it was one little section out of the two chapters but it felt like to me as we're getting to this point like we're getting to this critical point in Jesus mm-hmm. ministry and his his time on earth and uh, I couldn't really tell what to leave out. So I included a lot more, which uh, is different for me because I usually like to take one little idea and, and simplify it and, and make it applicable. But there was so much going on. And it's just an interesting time again as Jesus enters into this last week, this Passion Week, this Holy Week, and this thought of... Um, so over the course, as I thought about it for the week and as I prayed about it and trying to figure out how to best present it, it it came to me, the thought that, what would I do if I had Mm -hmm. one week left? And uh, watching what he did was pretty interesting and seeing how he handled himself the start of that last week of his life, the Sunday and the Monday and the Tuesday, which is what's covered in Mark 11 and 12. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that you explained that. And just even, I think about the way you tied all these stories together, because it's true. You either hear about Palm Sunday on the one Sunday and then Easter, and there's so much in between. And again, at some point it's like, this is all, they're all very separate and unrelated, but really is. It's all tying into kind of his Mm -hmm. last week. And he chose the timeline. So he could have very well pushed this to the week before or later, but he chose to do all this on this in his final week. So yeah, that's really good. And you kind of had five kind of points as we go through the OIA method as far as just questions for application. So uh, I'd love to, to hit on all of those if we can or as much as we can here. And so this first one here is, what would I say if Jesus asked me for something I possess based on the story about just his arrival and as far as on the donkey and his disciples going and asking for the donkey. And so I love the, the tie-in there. Uh, this past Sunday, you mentioned kind of three kind of components, but I'd love to kind of dig in with both of y'all maybe a little bit more on this as far as time, talents, and then possessions and kind of what that looks like to to kind of give those over to God. So more on a practical basis, maybe what does this look like in y'all's lives just on a, on a day-to-day or a week-to-week basis? Like what is it, what do you feel like are things that Jesus may be asking of you that, that you possess? That's great. I love that you pulled that out, Taylor, because for me, that was a really small point in the grand scheme of those two chapters, but it resonated with me, the thought that this 
man or woman who owned this donkey was all of a sudden asked for something by mm. somebody they'd never met before. Yeah. And they just willingly gave it. And it was a great challenge for me to think, man, do I do that mm. well? And for me, it feels like, um, honestly, my possessions may be harder uh, or maybe easier for me to give away sometimes than than my time and my mm-hmm. talent. I'm almost more protective of those at this stage of my life. And I don't know if it's because of where my family is or my kids mm-hmm. are, or, um, the gifting that I have uh, that God gave me to, to counsel and help people. And it feels like sometimes I just get overwhelmed. And so I put probably more boundaries than, than God would want me to around that. So trying to figure out how to use my time and my talents best and say yes uh, this even teaching is an example. You know, Jose asks different ones of us at different times, Hey, can you teach on this Sunday? And, you know, a lot of times my first response is no, oh, no, I just want to you know, <laughs> yeah. hang out and listen to you teach or listen mm-hmm. to somebody else teach or right. enjoy worship. And, and, but that's God asking for my time and my talent. And, uh, just to be totally transparent, it's kind of interesting this week. He asked me, usually gives me much more heads up, but he asked me early in the week, and uh, I had just said no to uh, the parade. So as a church, <laughs> as a church, we kind of all, you know, went and did this parade, which is an introvert's nightmare. The yeah. thought of, you know, walking down the street with everybody looking at me and cheering. And uh, it just so happened that I just got back into town. I wasn't feeling well. So it, so I said no to that. And then I got to thinking, man, how many times can I say no to my pastor before <laughs> God is like, hey, I'm, you're supposed to be saying yes yeah. to this stuff. So. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I really like how when you had when you and I worked on the slides over the weekend, yeah. or I guess end of the week, um, when you sent me the change for that wording on this question, I was thinking, I don't really know what the difference is. You know, it was like, what would I say if Jesus asked me for something of mine and then something I possess, right? Is yeah, what you changed yeah, it. And I change. really, I really liked hearing you Sunday morning, how you got to the heart. And for me, that's like First, you know, the umbrella is like, do I feel like I'm entitled to everything that I have? Because if so, then I don't want to ever give anything, you know, because it's my time and my stuff and my abilities and it's all about me. And so I really liked that change. And for me, I think with that story, with the time and like talking about what we give, I really think if I see the end, like if I see what it's going to do, like something as simple as slides, I want to work on it because on Sunday morning, I'm going to see the slides up on the projectors. But how challenging to think about if, am I still willing to give even if I never see the end or the fruit? And I feel like that's a lot of what it's like to invest in people and to just serve is that a lot of times I don't get to see the value in it, but will I still give holist you know with everything that I have even if I don't see the value in this little glimpse of you know Jesus's whole life and ministry that's a great point I think that's what the heart of missions right you're about to go yeah uh to Mexico and and you'll get to see the fruit of your time that you're Mm -hmm. giving and your abilities but there are lots of other people in the church that are giving financially to that effort they really won't get to see it and that is different there's there's a difference Mm -hmm. And there's much more motivation when you can see. So it's just much more faith to give, yeah. not knowing exactly what the outcome is going to yeah. be. Yeah. yeah, that's really that's really good. I think I'd tag on just one point for me. I think about time, talents, and possessions. I think at first I was thinking, okay, maybe possessions and money. But then I started thinking about the root of that is because I, 
I believe kind of what y'all are talking about, this idea of like, I possess is like, I earn this. I, uh, yeah. so not just possess, but I like, this is mine. Like I, I earned this. And so I, I bought it and I have it. So really kind of think about the talents piece, which is weird. Cause it's not like, I'm, I don't know, I'm not saying I'm talented, but like <laughs> the, the skill sets or just the, the way in which I work, it's like, uh, it is such a countercultural thing to think about how do I utilize that for the kingdom that's not mm. profiting me because everything else, it's like your side hustle or your your main vocation. It's like all of it is about working your way up. And so to this idea of, I don't know, almost working down or working like around is like, that that's mm. not a, that doesn't make mm. sense. So yeah. I think for me, that's one that just going against the grain and thinking about how do I take what I could be using for personal profit and what does it look like to serve the kingdom in that? It's, that's, that's a challenge. So. Mm. It's good stuff. Okay, let's move to number two here. And the question is, is my life producing fruit? And this kind of tied into the fig tree and just this concept of the temple. I loved kind of, as you expounded on this, Sean, just this idea that even just tying in the, the role of the priests and the temple and how Jesus is like, no, this is not how it should be. And even change that as far as in our own bodies and our own ability to go to God in a relationship and not through someone or through works uh, and deeds. And so, the concept of producing fruit is kind of a little bit of a churchy word. It definitely makes sense in this context with the fig tree. But but what does that look like? If someone's sitting here going, is my life producing fruit? What are some ways? I'd love to hear both of y'all's thoughts on what are some ways I would just start to assess that and just figure out what does that look like and, and what would a life producing fruit look like? I think the simpler way to say it, the non-churchy way would just be to say, is my life making a difference? Mm. And if you go through that lens, I think it's kind of easy to say, you know, when I show up at that place of employment, am I making a difference? And, and if you are, then you're producing fruit mm. according to this, you know, and when I, when I go home to, to my, to my spouse or to my kids, you know, am I making a difference? Is, is it a good thing that I'm there or am I detracting from what's there? And, uh, I, to me, that's what it's about. It, we can overcomplicate it by, you know, is this my gift? Am I using this gift right? Is this my talent? Am I using my talent? But mm. at the end of the day, it's like all we're trying to do is love people and make a yeah. difference where we are. And if you're doing that, then you're you're producing fruit. Yeah, I agree. I think fruit feels like uh, it's like pops up in life. And I think like where I see, wow, I didn't see that this was building towards this purpose or, you know, that this was meaningful in this way. But um, I can also be too focused on, in the past, I've been able to be too focused on fruit and everything that I do and does everything. And honestly, the peace that God has given me is that the Holy Spirit will show me fruit and conviction. You know, I don't have to be the Holy Spirit for myself. Like I don't need to be, have to be the one that's always seeking out where I'm messing up and where I'm doing good and where I'm finding fruit. But God really does reveal it when I just let the Holy Spirit lead that. And then it's like him pointing out because he doesn't want us to stumble. And so he wants us to see where we're, can, can be stumbling and how to correct that. And then also where we're doing what he wants us to do. And that really, for me, that helps me put that in the right place so that I don't get so over-focused on, well, am I producing fruit? And just all of the like uh, self-doubt and insecurity that that can lead to, it helps me to think, you know, God God points that out because he wants what's best for me and the people around me. Yeah. As you say that, Paulina, it makes me think about our women's you know, ministry, the abide portion of our mm. women's ministry here at church, and this, which is another one of those kind of fruit-producing parables in the Bible, basically, but it's like, hey, 
all he's really wanting us to do, like, yeah. like he's the vine. We're just trying to abide in him and rest mm-hmm. in him and, and take his love and share it. And by doing that, fruit There's will be fruit. produced where yeah. it's supposed to be produced. Mm-hmm. But if we focus our energy on that, it does become selfish at some point, mm-hmm. maybe, or become self-condemning on the other mm-hmm. side of yeah. it. And uh, so the idea also in that, when I was talking about that, Taylor, with the, the temple, you know, it's just a, it's an interesting concept that this temple was this important place in Jewish history and Israel's history and God's connection to his people. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, look, you guys didn't manage this well. And as right. a result of not managing it well, it's gone, but I got a better system now. And mm-hmm. the system is simply a personal relationship with me. And if you just love me and abide in me, then Mm-hmm. All the rest yeah. of it's going to take care of itself. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. just thinking about that and just even how the purpose behind what I do really does kind of help me differentiate what the fruit's going to look like. Because yeah. if you think about these these priests are in, in, and all the people that are in the temple, they're technically like doing good things like on paper and they're in the right place, quote unquote. And so you would think like, oh, yeah, these are great people and yet Jesus sees straight through that because he sees the the purpose he sees the motivation behind why they're doing it so even beyond just I'm just convicted about that because it's even beyond just like what I do it's mm-hmm. the purpose and the reasons of why so even just stopping and asking myself why am I doing this and why and and uh, and really chasing down the motivation for that I think would really help it helps me expose kind of the purpose behind it and even that usually leads up to the fruit that, mm. that comes from it so yeah, y'all had some really good takes. Okay, so then the third one here is, am I trying to outsmart Jesus, figure it all out, or negotiate with him? This is a good one. So this is based on this the chief, the chief priest questioning Jesus' authority, trying to trap him, trying to trick him. Uh, you played that uh, Princess Bride clip, which was, I think, perfect as far as the context here. And so what? Uh, not only, I, I guess, not really asking what this looks like, because I think at least in my head, I can think about just times where it's like trying to to leverage God or utilize him almost like a genie in a bottle. But what are some ways that both of y'all kind of actively fight against this, especially uh, as we, on one hand, know more and more about God. And then on the other hand, we, we find out just more hard stuff about life and the world. And so how do you reconcile those two and just have this ability where you're not trying to kind of use God, uh, but instead just kind of fully trust and surrender to him? Mm-hmm. I think for me, this was pivotal as I was exploring and kicking the tires, if that's the right word, on mm-hmm. Christianity and faith and trying to um, really make sense of what it would look like to have a personal relationship with Jesus. So this mm-hmm. was big for me during that phase of my life because I was, you know, I'm, he wired me. I didn't really make even know that at the time, but he wired me to be logical and analytical and to figure things out. Mm-hmm. And that's how I continued to approach him in a potential relationship with him was with all the questions that I would have, but, but why, but why this, but why mm-hmm. that, but why would I want to follow you with this? And I, man, that got in the way of what he really wanted. And that was me to have, have faith. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't mean you got to, I love there's Josh McDowell wrote a book for high school and college people kind of defending their faith or thinking about their faith. Mm-hmm. And the title of it was don't check your brains at the door, meaning you don't have to like pretend like you're an idiot to follow Christ. It's not necessarily yeah. without logic. It is, it's, it's mm-hmm. very logical, but man, assimilating that ability to logic and ability to think that he gave us in with faith. When those two come together, you ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. I tended to get off track by asking the wrong questions um, Mm. early on. And, um, you know, the world wants us to do that. The enemy wants us to do that. 
And then even as I've, as I've developed in my faith and, you know, have a personal relationship with him and, I, and I'm confident in that and secure in that, but there are times things still happen in life. And I question, you know, Lord, what are you doing here? Mm. Why are you doing that? And, you know, as if I can see everything he can see, yeah. or if my ways are his, if my perspective is his, or mm. my ways are his, which they're, they're not, but I still question sometimes. And I think the enemy loves it when I do, mm-hmm. um, because it distracts me from following. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, in the, really the shift of how we who we think God is really answers so much of my reactions to him because when I trust him and know and believe that he really is who he says that he is, then I have been able to ask him harder questions and to go through deeper and harder things without trying to hopefully have like the attitudes I used to have of like, no, you tell me why and then I'll come, you know? Mm -hmm. And it really does. It really has transformed when we just accept who we just believe that God really is who he is. And then everything else feels like it just opens up to being able to go deeper without having kind of the challenging or trying to, yeah, yeah, challenge God and get answers for myself and get a genie. It's, it's easier. I know you guys aren't at this phase of life yet, if you will be, but having kids, it makes me relate to this stuff sometimes mm-hmm. so much better because, you know, I've got a nine-year-old who's <laughs> negotiating with me about stuff that he has no clue where we're headed with that or why I'm saying what I'm saying. And yeah. it just makes me think, you know, that like the clip did, how silly sometimes that in the clip, the Sicilian looked Art, you know, in the argument, I know I feel the same way toward God. So he just shakes his head. He's like, Sean, come on. Because <laughs> I look at my nine-year-old and I think the same thing about it. I'm like, come on, Colt, really? <laughs> yeah, just trust me on this one. You yeah. don't see where we're headed. I yeah. do. Yeah. And uh, perspective is so big. Yeah, I thought about of the three things here about am I trying to outsmart Jesus, figure it all out, or negotiate with them? They're all similar, but I thought of the one that that I kind of probably do the most is just trying to figure it all out. I think about uh, something Pastor Ben brought up in his talk in this series a few weeks ago about how he just he just plucked this out, and I hadn't thought about this before, but how as Jesus started healing people after the woman touched him, now all of a sudden all the crowds are trying to touch him, and they're all mm-hmm. trying it because they figured out the formula. They mm-hmm. figured out the secret to get what they want and use Jesus for that. And so I think about how true that is in my walk and how it's like just when I think about I got something, I'm like, oh, I'll just keep doing that. I just, you know, it's like mm-hmm. this is great. And so yeah. losing the sense of dependence and surrenderance required instead, it's just like, okay, how do I, how do I use God to mm-hmm. kind of help, you know, generate either peace or get my my way around something. And so uh yeah, it's it's convicting on that point here. Okay, so let's jump over to point four. And that is are we living out what God requires of us given all that we have been blessed with? And I may take this question a little different, but as far as I feel like when it comes to living out our design and our purpose, there's so much that we are, I mean, even just uh, growing up and just being shaped by all kinds of uh, influences. But even just, I think, even as an adult, it's like, I don't know, Sean, you can speak to this more probably, but it's like we are still constantly being surrounded by people that are trying to either either influence us or we can easily be influenced. And so how do both of y'all just kind of maintain a sense of being able to truly do what this question asks, which is living out what God requires of us, given all that we have been, been blessed with? In the parable that that application came from, you know, he, he, created this vineyard, this amazing place. He set it up for success, God Mm -hmm. did, and then he left it to people to steward. 
and um, they did. They took care of it. But then once they once they reaped the harvest and the blessing, they just kept it all for themselves and they yeah. didn't want to share. And uh, that is one of my fears, actually, is that I would live my life and not use uh, the blessing that I've received to the way God would have intended. And I'm still working on that. I'm still trying to be intentional about that. And that's why I don't want to be selfish. And you kind of jokingly laughed off this idea that you have talents and you said, I'm not trying to say I'm talented. But the reality is God did give us all certain gifts and talents and abilities Mm. um, to use for his kingdom and for his glory. And that's really where that section to me came together in the scripture was it's it's about our individual things, but it's also about like collectively, like as a church, are we doing the things we're supposed to do as a church to, mm. to honor the blessing that God has given us? And mm. he gave a lot of really good specific things in those chapters about what we should do as a church and how we should show up in a community in the lives of the people around us. And if we all individually bring our gifts collectively to the church, then the church can function that way mm. um, without hopefully... Uh, self, you know, aggrandizement or a desire to make the church more, but to make God more. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Mm. Yeah. It really, I was trying not to go into the fifth, but I feel like it's (laughs) tied into. (laughs) Fifth question is, are we giving to God and others sacrificially? I really think when I think about what you said about using, you know, stewarding and making sure that I'm not living you know, that I don't get down to the end of my life and think, well, I did it for me. Um, And I really, I do want to do what God has for me. um, And I don't want to miss out on what he has. And I feel like it's just tied for me personally with sacrifice. And I, some of the biggest things for me, my ideal was like, you just find wherever in the middle and you just coast under the radar. You just kind of do what's safe and like normal and really God has broken that in me since early on in following him, which I've fought against a lot. But in that, it really has, God has totally transformed like the, where my mind would go, what does the world or people or even people that I am close to or care about, you know, what would they say I need to do versus what does God want me to do? And if I just sacrifice other the world's opinions and then try to do what God has it's so much it's cost that shift in my life to be able to then look at my life and think okay so now that I don't have everybody else's thoughts and opinions in my head for what my life should look like now I can see easier what God has in order to hopefully not miss what he has that's really cool Pauline just to confirm that in your life, I will tell you that I I don't think I know of somebody who more boldly and wholeheartedly uses their gifts for the kingdom than you. You serve, you give, you sacrifice in ways that bless this church that are unheralded and unsung and bless the church body and bless the rest of us on staff. So it's it's evident in your life that you're Mm. living that out. Thanks, Sean. That's so good. I love just to tying up this point here, Sean, something you mentioned, just pulling out 2 Corinthians 9. And normally we're maybe familiar with 9-7, talking about God loves a cheerful giver. But even the verse before that, just tying in, I'll just read it real quick. It says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. And then the point for God loves a cheerful giver. So even just that concept tying in how, how if we, I think about the, 
this phrase I've heard before, the abundance versus scarcity mindset. And just mm. this idea that if we're going to be scarce and it's just all about, I need to take, I need to take, cause mm. I need everything I can get. Uh, it's, you're, you're not going to reap the fruit that right. you're wanting mm. from that. Yeah. That second Corinthians verse ties in so well with Mark chapter four, which I got to teach on earlier this summer and the, the parable of the sower and yeah. just the idea that God, he doesn't, so sparingly like he throws mm-hmm. seeds mm-hmm. places that most of us would be like don't throw seeds there it's rocky it's not going to work and god's like i love all of these people i love everybody that i created i love all of my creation i'm going to love generously i'm going to love with abundance i'm going to sow with abundance and yeah it's not all going to return the way we want it to but man what an example for us to live you know to yeah. live that wholeheartedly mm-hmm. utilizing the gifts and talents we've been given not hoarding it because of scarcity yeah mm-hmm. So good. This has been a great conversation. Thank you all so much. And if people haven't listened to the, the Sunday message, I'd really encourage them to go back and, mm-hmm. and read because or listen because there's so much there. Uh, just one point I'd love to kind of tie up, Sean, that, that you ended with was just asking, kind of tying it all in and asking, what would you do with the last week of your life? And kind of just unpacking and analyzing that. And I thought it was so cool how you talked about identifying what Jesus did, which he's protecting what he cares about most. And so in his final week, he's really focused on uh, protecting people and, and just really his flock and making sure that they're set when he's not there. So I think that's that was a really cool way of tying that in and something that we can just think about in addition to these five questions is really thinking about kind of what we value and how that's reflective in the life we live. So, mm-hmm. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.